I'm Shannon Manders, GTR's Editorial Director, and welcome to GTR Trade Insights. In this episode, we speak to three guests from City's Treasury and Trade Solutions team to discuss Vietnam, a country which, as we know, over the last few decades has emerged as a key destination for low-cost and high-technology manufacturing and sourcing, presenting an alternative to China for companies looking to diversify their supply chains. Now, Vietnam presents a number of opportunities, and here to discuss them with us today are Anushka Dua, Managing Director, ASEAN Trade Head, Jared Meekham, Director, Vietnam Treasury and Trade Solutions Head, and Kat Kanagasingham, VP Trade, Vietnam Treasury and Trade Solutions. Our discussion follows the article titled Doing Business in Vietnam, which showcases the team's views on the Vietnamese market and is published in our GTRQ4 publication. Welcome to you all. Um, now, Jared, let's let's start off with you, if we may. Um, how is Vietnam's trade being affected by COVID-19? And what is the outlook for the rest of this year and, and into next year? Yeah, thanks, Shannon. So not surprisingly, Vietnam's uh, economy and, and trade has been affected by COVID. Uh, if you looked at the growth rate in Vietnam over the past decade, really, pre- prior to the pandemic, really strong growth around 6 to 7% GDP uh, through 2019. That was no exception. And outlook into 2020 was that that would continue. The, the GDP pro- projection for 2020 was also around high 6%, low 7% range. Um, now, while Vietnam did an amazing job of managing the uh, COVID outbreak in 2020, it um, was able to keep total cases across the country of nearly 100 million to about 3,000 total up through about April uh, um, of this year. Um, but even so, right, with uh, movement restrictions and challenges in some of the other markets, the GDP growth rate from 2020 was 2.9%. So well off the mark that was expected. Through 2021, the outlook was was really quite positive. At the beginning of the year, um, again, the outlook was that domestically things were recovering, growth should rebound, again, in the kind of 6% range. Um, But since really about April of this year into May, um, Vietnam has experienced a huge increase in number of cases, largely driven by the Delta variant. And uh, going from 3,000 up to that point to well over half a million uh, in terms of where things stand today. And that's taken a big toll on the overall economy. Uh, Though the outlook for next year is quite strong. Um, Vaccinations continue to roll out and ramp up. There's been um, recent um, movement restrictions in place that are starting to gradually lift. And projections are once again that the growth will jump back up to pre-COVID rates of around 6 to 7%. Now, this series that City has been working on with GTR has looked at a number of um, high growth, sometimes complex markets. Um, so, Jared, coming back to you, what makes Vietnam a high growth market? And what are some of the specific opportunities for companies wanting to do business in and trade with the country? 
Yeah, thank you, Shannon. I think there's a few things that make Vietnam a high growth market. And um, some of those things are also opportunities for companies who are thinking to come coming into Vietnam. Uh, I think, first of all, um, the cost of labor here is really quite low. So um, you've had companies come in early, uh, early about 20 years ago, the Korean and Japanese corridors came in and the ecosystems followed and built up quite strong. More recently, we see companies uh, from Taiwan coming in uh, for the semiconductor industries, uh, et cetera. Um, and so as that FDI continues to, to come in, it's, it's really a big engine for, for growth. Um, some things that make Vietnam uh, advantageous versus some of the other countries in the region and that companies can um, take advantage of here. Again, that low cost of labor is, is something that's uh, certainly there versus say a China or even other countries. Other things that make uh, Vietnam an advantage are their trade agreements with a number of different uh, markets. Those include the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, and recently some trade deals with the UK and the EU. Uh, and these have really helped Vietnam grow its, um, its export footprint as well. Um, and uh, while, while certain uh, risks again may remain, the advantages really outweigh those, those risks. Um, there are uh, a number of economic zones and um, infrastructure is improving in, in Vietnam that help uh, easy for companies to come in and set up and take advantage of. Thanks, Jared. Now, um, Kat, let's drill down into uh, one of those points that Jared just raised, which is around how Vietnam has been strengthening its position in global supply chain um, and emerged as this ideal sort of China plus one um, location as companies seek to reduce their over-reliance on a single production base. What are some of its comparative advantages, you know, compared with China? I think some of them were alluded to by Jared earlier in his overall high growth. And I think the there is a strong association of what makes Vietnam a high growth market, which it with its comparative advantages, and they do overlap. I think the first thing that is very clear in a lot of the manufacturers' minds is the low cost of labor in comparison to China, which is where a lot of the production is being done today, as well as the other countries in the ASEAN region. So that does tick the first box. I think the other is its uh, geographic position, where it sits in a very strategic position in the middle of ASEAN and on the border of China. How that helps, uh, especially with regards to Southeast Asia, we will delve into a little bit more on the FTAs, but with its close proximity to China, especially in the obtaining of raw inputs for the production of and manufactured goods, that does help. Um, with the time it takes for the goods to come over. The other is its um, young population, where 55.5% is under the 35-year age group. Um, and so, and they're also well-educated, so there's a strong and deep labor force to tap upon for the manufacturing sector. And the other is that the government continues to uh, prioritize the policies and the labor laws that are in place, as well as incentivize infrastructure investment. So that is its comparative advantage versus some of its neighbors. Um, the other thing with regards to its position in ASEAN and overall is 
they have signed multiple trade agreements and that does help them expand their export footprint, uh, reducing tariffs and simplifying custom procedures that they would have in place for them to export into new markets. Thanks, Kat. Uh, and now I, I'm really keen to hear what you guys are, are doing um, in Vietnam. So what are the main trends or themes um, that's driving cities' financing support um, in Vietnam? Let's start off with Vietnam and then we can bring in Anushka to talk about the wider ASEAN region. I think specifically for Vietnam, I think the key thing and the, maybe the main pillar would be holistic working capital solutions for clients. And... Um, aimed particularly at capturing these uh, supply chain shifts that are coming into Vietnam. Um, I think when you talk about holistic working capital solution that goes from the supply chain finance with regards to the purchases, as well as different types of sales finance, and finally leveraging the network for their cross-border flows outward from Vietnam. I think that's the main key pillar. And the other would be green financing, where we provide ESG-linked financing for either green projects, transactional flows. Um, and when you talk about green projects, that spans wind, solar. So we continue to look for opportunities and we are working with some partners to leverage our partnerships with export credit agencies and um, developmental institutions to fund these long-term projects. And I think the last one is, I think, a, a broader thing, which is with regards to digitization. I think the pandemic has shifted a lot of companies into think more digital. So we are also trying to be as digital as possible and we are working towards that within the framework of the Vietnamese regulations. And one of them that we just wanted to highlight was to facilitate trade transactions that has always been a very uh, paper intensive um, facilitation using our CD Direct BE platform as for corporate and institutional clients. And we look to continue to expand that as well. Um, I will hand it over to Anushka maybe to share on the broader ASEAN context. Yeah, thanks, Kat. And I think, Shannon, the points which uh, Kat mentioned as the key themes are quite uh, in sync with the overall themes we are pursuing even across the broader ASEAN markets. I think the first and most important is really to provide holistic end-to-end -end working capital advisory and financing solutions to our clients. Uh, we have strong on-the-ground presence in six of the ASEAN markets, and we work very closely with the corporate institutional clients to provide them working capital advisory solutions. And I think what has happened with the increasing focus of even more corporates across Asia, be it the China, Taiwan, Korea focus, we've now developed a corridor focus working very closely with these clients at an early stage to help them capitalize on the supply chain shifts and providing them holistic working capital solutions. These working capital solutions are really aimed at unlocking working capital, helping them drive sales as well as enhance the return on invested capital. The second theme which Kat alluded to is really the focus on green financing and we are working again very closely with our corporate and institutional clients to help them think through their supply chain needs in terms of providing sustainability linked supply chain finance program and at the same time provide them with sustainability linked short term and medium term trade finance solutions sometimes in partnership with the DFIs and the ECAs. 
The third focus, again, digitization is key to us. And I think the pandemic has led the digital transformation, accelerated the digital transformation at a much faster pace. We are working very closely with our clients, not only in terms of providing our own proprietary digital platform, but working very closely with the governments, be it in Singapore, Vietnam, Thailand, in adopting some of the digital initiatives being sponsored by these governments to help facilitate both domestic and cross-border trade. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and thanks to all three of you for sharing your thoughts with us today, Anushka, Kat and Jared. Um, much appreciated. I, I really do encourage our listeners to go ahead um, and track down the article Doing Business in Vietnam, which appears in the GTRQ4 issue to read more about this topic. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you.